welcome to ArchiSpeak, a podcast about all things architecture. My name is Neil Pan. Join me and my co-hosts, Evan Troxell and Cormac Phelan, every other week as we explore what it is like to work in the profession of architecture. Have you ever worked with an architect? Have you ever wanted to be an architect? Maybe you're in school and you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Or perhaps you know exactly what it is like as you've been working in the profession for a long time and you know that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Or maybe, just maybe, you're planning on changing the world. Join us as we have a casual conversation about all things architecture. It's time for some Arcuspeak. Welcome to episode 99 of the Arcuspeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And this episode of Arcuspeak is sponsored by Arcat. Check out all the features they offer at arcat.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. And thanks again for them for sponsoring. And we'll talk much more about them a little later in the show. But first up, I think, Cormac, you have uh, you have a video to share with us, right? I do. And it's not the uh, Anthony Weiner version. <laughs> Oh, really? This early in the episode, huh? This okay. Early. Well, you know. Pull out your popcorn, people. It's going to get interesting. Uh, I don't want let, to. Let's not demean the where I am actually going with this. So, with a little bit of pride, and, well, a whole lot of pride, actually, a friend of mine that I graduated with uh, from Auburn University is a professor at Louisiana Tech University. His name's Robert Brooks, and he... And a couple of other professors um, have created a partnership with the University and MedCamps of Louisiana. They're a uh, nonprofit organization that provides uh, summer camps for children with chronic uh, illnesses and disabilities. And so what they've done is they partnered up with them and they, they do some architectural projects that um, help these uh, these kids get out there and have meaningful experiences out in um at this at these camps and anyway the reason i bring it up is because they have entered the i look up film challenge and it's called uh arc 335 rebuilding med camps and we'll have a a link to the um to the video on in the show notes and forgive me guys i'm i'm kind of suffering from a pretty big uh head cold right now so i'm uh yeah, no worries. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I watched I watched this film, and it's really it's really interesting because if you have an ad blocker like I do on my on my browser, it's actually the only video that shows up. So uh, maybe that's why they have so many votes. But actually, no. They the the film is is great, and it's short. I mean, all these films are short. They're short films, but man, it was this lead into something else. Maybe we could talk about a little bit here tonight, which is uh, I just felt like this is it. It's one of those things that touches you emotionally right it was it was like watching uh sam mockby and the the citizen architect movie for me it was just like one of those things where i felt like oh my god i'm wasting my life <laughs> you know this is it's one of those and it, it is a it's it's emotionally like great to watch it's not emotionally draining it's just like it makes you feel good about what what architecture can do it's that it's those now this is uh, it's a short film it's a uh, three minutes and um, 30 seconds and what it shows is basically how architecture can get involved so you know on a social and community uh, level 
basically kind of reconnecting. It's that, to me, it's that hope that we all go into with this, oh, I'm going to change the world. And then we get into the profession and sometimes we actually have the opportunity to do that. And then sometimes we feel like we are just a cog in a machine. And Mm -hmm. the cogs in the machine usually look at things like this and we were like, oh my God, I really wish that I could be doing that. Or I wish architecture would do that more. And I think the more and more programs like this um, at uh, Louisiana Tech or programs like Rural Studio, and there's many more, start to show that architecture is, it, not is, Changing the world. has yeah. a, a huge uh, social conscience and is trying to change the world and is trying to yeah. do better and trying to affect more people who would normally not have the services of an architect. So right now, the film that you sent is called Rebuilding Med Camps. It's ARC 335 Rebuilding Med Camps. And it is right now it, currently at the top of the list for the People's Choice votes. And the winner of the People's Choice gets 2500 bucks. And let's see what else. Uh, so there's there's a grand prize winner for the for the I Look Up Film Challenge, which is 2500 bucks, And the film gets screened at Architecture and Design Film Festival in New York. It's screened in Washington, D.C. It's screened at South by Southwest. And uh, the, the team gets two round-trip tickets to the festival in, in New York. The People's Choice cash prize of $2,500. It's screened at the Architecture and Design Film Festival in Washington, D.C., which is in early 2017. And the winning team receives two round-trip tickets to the festival in Washington, D.C., then there's a runner-up and a third place, and there, so you can see all the prizes on the I Look Up Film Challenge website. But this was announced at the AIA convention. I think we talked about it in one of our episodes when we were there in Philadelphia, and they even showed – didn't they show the uh, Rural Studio they, film? They did. They did. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's it's definitely um, – I think that's it's – That's actually on the uh, website as well, the uh, the story of the Rural Studio it's it's definitely something that they're after, which is is telling great stories about architecture, and this is all about kind of exposing what architecture can do. So, I'm I'm excited um, that that this film is in there. I'm excited about the work they're doing. I mean, like I said, it it, it definitely tugs at me emotionally, and it's it's just one of those those films that I really connect with. So I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to vote for them, and as uh, friends of the show, I guess you could say. Cormac, they uh, they uh, will do everything we can to help them win this. Oh, absolutely. So anyway, we'll put a um, a link in the uh, show notes, and we'll also probably tweet it out a few times. But uh, please watch the video, vote, look at all of them. They're all fantastic entries. Uh, I just have a uh, personal and you know kind of an emotional connection to the uh, Louisiana Tech guys because I graduated with one of the professors. And, you know, they're doing great work and they're, they're carrying on a tradition that was started at my university with a rural studio of social engagement of architecture and teaching the next generation of architects the social responsibilities that architects can have an effect on the built environment and the communities that they live in. Yeah, this is great. And I'm excited to to watch the other ones and see what else is going on here. I mean, it, it was oh, and the quality is amazing and uh it's a, it looks like a really fun thing to participate in. So, definitely yeah. worth checking out. I mean, one of the one of the things that this leads me to um is just I I 
message to you guys the other night after if you guys have seen i know you have cormac the little prince on netflix yes and i i kind of said the same thing i mean that's a it's a new movie relatively new i mean i don't watch a lot of tv but it came on and we had a chance to have a family movie night and i was blown away by this film i mean there's there's a few films that have done this for me in the past i think we've talked about some of them on the podcast too i mean some of them have been like documentaries and some of them have been feature films but this felt falls into the category of like high art to me i mean and and when i watched it i'm just blown away and so i mean i thought we could spend a couple minutes just talking about (laughs) it's similar vein as as this rebuilding medcamps film which is just like uh, what am i doing with my life like i want to i want to make something that affects people like that and i'm not saying that architecture can't do that and that i i don't know that i've ever worked on a project that has because i've been to projects that have affected me that way to buildings to architecture that has affected me that way one of our one of our twitter friends posted a picture recently of the the Holocaust Museum in Washington D.C., that was the first building that I ever felt like that in. And I know I've talked about that on a previous episode, where it just kind of sat me down, and and I just stared at it for an hour in the atrium, and and I was young. I mean, it was I wasn't super young. I was in I was probably first or second year in college, and and I it was when I really became aware of what architecture can do to people. Yeah, and. I just it sat me down and made me say, "Whoa, like this is this is affecting me uh in a much higher and different way than any building had ever affected me previous to that. Same thing when I watch a movie like The Little Prince, same thing when I watch a movie like Rebuilding Medcamps. It's just like when when you get that emotional connection, I mean, that's what I want to do with my life. And I I just thought that's just kind of a a little side topic, but I thought it it's kind of a fun fun thing well let me ask you this i mean i i i have been fortunate enough to work on a project in my career that i mean i've worked on you know we've all worked on great projects mm-hmm. you know whether it's aesthetic or you know um there are schools that you know, do sort certain things and, and and i've worked on project that's not necessarily the same kind of vein as what a, a med camps or some of the things that they're doing in the rural studio with the, mm-hmm. the biophilia center. But when I worked on the design for the biophilia center, it, it, you know, encompassed four years of my life. And I kind of immersed myself with the client and the mission that they have to essentially educate, um, the school age children of Northern Florida on, what it's what it means to be good stewards of the natural environment and mm-hmm. and so that to me was a, a a fantastic job i mean it was something that i will go and end my career with great pride that i was able to work on a building that had what i feel like is a lasting impact on the the next generation and I'm curious if any of you, if if you guys have had similar experiences with any projects that you've worked on that, you know, just kind of like are deep in your soul or something that's going to live forever. I think I definitely have like emotional connections because of the personal nature and the way that I, the way that I work on my projects. And maybe, maybe it's, you know, architecture is hard. <laughs> first of all, the projects take a long time. and And at some point, you kind of get tired of working on them and you're excited to work on the next thing. And so I don't know if it's that 
I, but I, had, I have not felt the feeling that I'm talking about right, working on a right. project that I have worked on. Now, I look back and I have projects that I'm extremely proud of for different reasons. I mean, even the school that we just photographed and just opened, it is an amazing school. But it, it, and I know that it will affect generations to come. I mean, the, the faculty, the staff, the administration are beaming. They're ear-to-ear smiles, and they cannot wait. I mean, they, they're, they're doing it now. They're experiencing it. They're using it every day. And I'm extremely proud of that. It's just it's just different for me than when I watch something like this where it personally touches me in a way that is much more – it's it's kind of uplifting. It's it's very meaningful in a, in a little bit of a different way than it is with the corporate, I guess, public work that, I, that I've worked on. Yeah. What about you, Neil? Any? Well, I haven't worked on projects like you guys that have affected people. I certainly – Similar to you, Evan, I, I'm not sure if I've ever worked on anything that's made me feel the same way as, say, I felt walking through the Holocaust Museum in D.C. Or I haven't yet seen the the Little Prince movie, but but having that deep connection like that, I don't think I've had that sort of personal experience in working with something. But that being said, when I was doing my own work, you get a little taste of that because. You're working very personally with a client and you're improving their life through your work and your architecture and and you're affecting their life every day. And you can see that when you're working with them so closely and then when they're when you're done and they're happy with what what they get to live in, right? And how that affects their life on a daily basis. I've had a different sort of experience like that through uh, the majority of my career in doing residential work is I there's literally thousands and tens of thousands of people that probably live in the homes that I've worked on that I've that I'm gonna of course never meet, but yet I'm affecting their lives. So it, it's not quite the same as what you're talking about. But I have gotten a little bit of that sense of a decision that I make on a on a project is going to affect the people that are going to live in that home for as long as it's ever there. Multiple families and or generations that live in these homes that end up being built. So um, there's a great sense of responsibility that I feel when I am working on these projects, because if if I make a bad decision, it may affect somebody negatively. So I try and try and do my best to avoid that. So that's been my kind of experience. I haven't worked on a a major public sort of project or something that is historically so significant that it will outlast me. I, I, I haven't had that experience, unfortunately. My, my favorite projects, I think, that I've done that, that didn't affect as many people but I know have, have a lot of meaning to me are the ones I did when I was doing design build with my partner Iggy at Edifice Architects. And so there's some photos on the old website, but that we've we shut the the business down and but if if i go back and look at those images and those designs i mean those really mean the most to me but actually the project i think that i've i mentioned it not too long ago on the show there's there's two things that i have been so proud of one of them is public and one of them is private the public one is the i just i just tweeted about it the other day which is the the album that my band made we we do the music you know that you hear at the end of the show and that I went back. It was so weird because it just showed up in on my phone one morning as I was taking the kids to school. And we always listen to music. And one of our one of our songs showed up in the in the mix. 
and it was it it just brought back so many great memories right and and to me that music has the ability to make that connection very easily and i think a lot of people can relate to that and i know that it has affected a lot of people because as soon as i posted that a bunch of people who used to come to our shows and who have bought the album even people that are across the country who bought the CDs that I mailed to them before this is like when iTunes and all that stuff was still very young it it was they were expressing their gratitude and their love for that album too and and that it's not why I posted it I posted it because of the nostalgia and because of how it made me feel but it was cool to see other people kind of jump onto that and and reinforce that the other one that I mentioned not too long ago was the the end of the year family slideshows that I do, which are a huge production. But they probably, like I said then, a couple of weeks ago when I mentioned that, it, they have like probably the most meaningful project that I do every year. And at the end of the year, it's just assembling this mass this massive slideshow with music and video and photos. And I mean, the last one was like an hour long, and so it it's a huge undertaking, but. It it is that is the kind of thing that I think is going to live for for decades in our family as like the chronicles of the youth of my children, you know. So I I definitely have felt it with projects that I've worked on, but they just don't happen to be architecture. <laughs> anyway, that it was kind kind of a uh, kind of a neat little road to, to 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 go off on the rabbit trail on there for a minute because I I felt I, I just I noticed it after I watched the the AIA film challenge. Uh, MedCamps video. You know, it's funny that you say that because it's you, you're talking about the the videos that you do for your um, your family, with trips with the kids and things like that. And mm-hmm. I think that you know, and then going down the rabbit trail of of the uh, system kid and the the nostalgia and stuff. I mean, I think that's what things like the MedCamps video and the rural studio videos and things like that kind of give us that little sense of nostalgia of why we got into architecture in the first place is that kind of emotional connection that kind of like yearning to do something more do something better do something greater than you've seen done and and i think that sometimes it's a a little bit of jealousy and sometimes it's a little bit of longing but i think even with the projects that we do it 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 that we are building this lasting future yeah. Uh, and, and I, and I think that we may have lost sight sometimes about how our work affects, or may, we may not feel like it fully affects people the way that things like MedCamps does. But I think that in a way, if we step back and we see the people, you know, the users of the buildings that we do design in action, we're affecting a lot of change and a lot of like we're building their memories. Yeah, I agree. It's it's about doing something for other people. I mean, there, I I do the videos for my family. I I, mean, I I'm not going to deny that I do it for myself too, but right. but I do it for my family. I do it because we've started this tradition and I want to keep it alive. But if I look at the music, the same thing, like we made the music for people. And we do architecture for people. We can't forget, right, that these projects are about people. And I I think it's What's so intriguing about that type of architecture, rural studio, and and this MedCamps video, is that it is it is very, it's the opposite of self-serving architecture. Like they say in the video, it architecture is not just for the rich, right? right. Ar- not just the elite. I mean, it 
this architecture, they talk about it in the video, how it has made a difference in everybody's life. What was once a decrepit, falling apart, about to close down camp for needy kids, right? Kids who get to experience something that they normally don't get to experience was about to go away. And through this program, they've created something that is making it thrive. And it's so interesting to, to hear the people who were working at the camp who had no idea architecture could do that, right? And so, to me, that shows the power of doing something for other people, that, that you're bringing an element of design to it you're, because you're solving their problems. You're doing something for them that they need and want, even if they don't know that they need and want it. And to me, that's where that meaning really is. And so as we put our, our, our art out into the world, I mean, that's what I'm talking about with my music and with my architecture and with the book I just wrote. I mean, I'm putting my art out into the world. Right. Right. And 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 you are putting yourself kind of out there, right? And 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 that is it takes guts to do that, right? Like anybody, it, it's easier not to do it than it is to do it, right? So it, when people do put their themselves out there and they put their ideas out there and they do affect people, to me that is the most rewarding aspect of the potential of what we could do. I mean, we could just sit in a cubicle and work on spreadsheets all day that nobody ever sees, or we can do art, right, that is public, that gets out there, that people use, and they live in, and they sleep in it. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing to get to think of how our art affects people. You know what I'd be interested in knowing? You know, I mean, we were talking about the Louisiana Tech Design Build Program, and, you know, we've obviously mentioned both now and in the past the rural studio, but... There are other programs out there. If you come to mind, like the uh, um, University of Kansas has got a studio, I believe it's Studio 804. For some reason, I want to keep saying 808 State, but 804. <laughs> and there are several others. And if if you've gone to a school like that, listeners out there, or you go to a school, or you know of, let's, let's let the uh, conversation go. And let's post that, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Let's um let's let's give comment yeah yeah let's let's comment on on these uh, great programs let's get some recognition out to all of these different programs because the one thing that we don't or we've talked about plenty of times on this show but is the the value of these type of programs to future architects you know because not only are they giving them valuable tools of understanding how your sketches and your your drawings translate to actual building projects because they build them as well but they also give them tools you know these these programs that have this social outreach they give them the tools to be a type of architect that has never really existed in the past you know mm-hmm. this was this was a uh, a profession for the elite in a, in a way and and I think um these would be things that we I'd like to celebrate. Let's talk about them. Let's let's put them up on a billboard and, and and kind of applaud them for the, you know, the fantastic work and the fantastic value that they're they're bringing to the um the profession. Yep, I think that's a great idea. I would like to know what's what's going on outside of the 
United States because that's I'm, I'm really unaware of what's going on there. Absolutely, any anybody out there uh, internationally, please let us know because I mean we we can easily tap all of the U.S. stuff, but I definitely want to know what's going on worldwide. And if there's other films out there that that people think are are worth looking at, I mean, use us to help get the word out. Yeah, uh, I I want to look at I want to see what this stuff is. I mean. I want to feel what I felt today when I watched this this short film, and I want to feel what I felt when I watched The Little Prince. I mean, as silly as that sounds, it is it is the feeling that I want to feel. I mean, and I hope that that translates to you, our listeners out there too. Yeah, let's let's create a list that uh, that is going to make us feel that way. I think that would be cool. I mean, selfishly, I, I would love that. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, let's let's change gears. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about our sponsor this week, and that is RCAT, once again, longtime sponsor of the show. And you guys know RCAT.com by now, and it is a great resource for architects. Uh, so we're all pretty busy, and sometimes we feel like we could use another hand to help out. Would you like someone to draw CAD details for you, create BIM objects, or write specifications? How would you like all of that for free? RCAT is your answer, and RCAT has already done all this work for you. Search the RCAT libraries for CAD, BIM, specs, catalogs, videos, and more. All this content has been created for you for free, and you don't even have to register to access it on the website. You can stop registering on other sites and just go to RCAT and find what you need. RCAT has created their website, and it is devoted to you, the building professional, to find building product information fast and hassle-free. Check out RCAT today at ARCAT.com. And, like we've been saying for the past few episodes, don't forget to provide feedback on the site. There's a button on the right side of every page. If you have a suggestion to make RCAT better, you should leave feedback for them and let them know and tell them that ArcaSpeak sent you in the comment box. We would love it if they heard from ArcaSpeak listeners. Thanks, RCAT, for sponsoring this episode of ArcaSpeak. And uh, we can jump back into the conversation. I guess maybe something we could talk about real quick here uh, is just kind of a changeover. Is, uh, this is episode 99. Can you believe that? 99. I can't believe it. My wife really? asks all the time, what do you guys have to talk about still? <laughs> <laughs> the question is, How many is episodes? what do we have to, it's what don't we have to talk about. <laughs> no, no, really, actually, it is sometimes we don't know either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's part, that's the magic, right? I there. was going to say, isn't that most of the time? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, we do have a long list of potential topics, but really, I mean, it's all about kind of just how we're feeling right before we hit record, right? So, I I just thought it was uh, worth mentioning that this is kind of a milestone. I mean, it is just a number, but it's also a milestone for us to hit a hundred episodes. And our next episode is a very special episode. It's going to be a a, a blockbuster episode um, we won't get into the details of that but but be forewarned uh, that episode 100 is coming and uh, it's going to be an exciting one so so tune in in two weeks for the next episode of arca speak and yeah. uh it's it's going to be a, a good one no no spoilers now that's right you know how i feel about that so <laughs> neil refuses to watch trailers to any movie because he feels like they're going to give away the movie and they so, do pers- and they do they, the best so lines the best scenes Actually, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we I, talked about this we talked about how the trailers sometimes are better than the movie yes that's right, right. We did. but 
but more recently, at least I know with like the uh, um, episode seven of Star Wars, they told nothing. You did not know what movie you were getting or what storyline or anything because it was completely void of giving anything away, which I thought was great. That's because they have complete control, right? Right. Most most filmmakers out there are at the mercy of the studio, and the studio wants to sell tickets, right? But with Star Wars, they they kind of have an advantage, right? They know <laughs> the buzz. They know everyone's going to show up. It's a little different, I think. They, they are they are in, in command of their own destiny. I think. I remember now they uh, they 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 were coming off of three miserably, although they made plenty How of money for wrong? them, but. The three miserable prequels. They were hoping that they could True. regain that momentum by maybe just keeping it a secret and saying, "Okay, just trust us. We know what we're doing." We hired JJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, so I have an I have a, a mini topic idea. Tell tell us what you are working on right now at work. Or maybe what you just finished in Neil's case. All right, case. so since it's fresh on Neil's <laughs> mind, Neil, go first. Oh, you're going to make me lead this one off, yep, huh? Yep, All right. Uh, what am I working on right now? Well, we just wrapped up a week ago three large multifamily project in, in Sunnyvale, California. 452 units total, three different product types of four to seven unit buildings and a 16 to 18 unit uh, cluster buildings. Uh, makes me makes me sad when you talk about architecture as product <laughs> types. I, I, well, I die okay, a little bit yeah. on the inside. You know? <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Well, oh, three, di- three different types of housing products. That's uh, better. Uh, there's that word again. I'm sorry. <laughs> a little better. You, you died a little better. <laughs> I a did. A little less. A little less than every time. Every time you feel compelled to say the word "product," say "project." Project types. Okay. All right. Project <laughs> types. Thank you for correcting me. All right. Now, now you got me all messed up. Uh, no, I'm I'm over concerned. Okay. So so tell us more. Tell us more. Well, no. It's all right. Well, so well. Give give people an idea of what it took to to do that. Well. It took a team of four of us. Uh, it really should have probably been six of us. And we did it in about 10 weeks instead of the 16 weeks we should have had to do it. That being said, there's compromises that you make. And what I mean by compromises are that you, you, can't, you can't effectively do a project like that in the time frame that we were given and include everything. Right. I mean, you have to make choices. So there's parts of the project. You got to prioritize, right? Well, yeah, it's prioritized, but it's also realizing that all of the things that go into that project, some parts of it will not make it into the first submittal. Things that the building department's likely not to care as much about, things like interior elevations for the cabinetry, stuff like that. For the most part, the city's not going to care about that. It's something you can leave till later. It's not the way we want to do it, but. In order to meet the schedule, you know, things like that had to, basically the scope had to change in order to make that time. There was no way we were going to make up the number of hours with the people and the time frame that we had. So, you know, you make choices and you do the best you can. And we actually had a pretty good time doing it. We didn't kill ourselves too bad. We scheduled it out um, and kept on pace. I think the one 
probably most important thing I did right from the beginning, because I was kind of leading the team, which was basically I just set a schedule and I wrote it out with some, several milestones and then basically used it uh, and updated it each sometimes several, you know, a couple of times, every couple of times a week with, okay, who's working on what and when it's going to get done. Okay. So it's going to be done Friday. So the idea was to create many milestones throughout the project, sometimes weekly, sometimes midweekly, so that everybody tried to stay as focused as possible and that things didn't get lost. And it actually was, was pretty effective. And we met our schedule last Thursday. We worked a little bit towards the end, uh, a little bit more than, than the regular number of hours. But I think for the most part, uh, we didn't have to kill ourselves. And so you know, it, was, it was a success. Yay for that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then of course, you know, looking back now on the numbers, the numbers came back pretty good on our budget. We still have more work to do. We're going to do an internal plan check of the project. There was something else that couldn't happen that you would normally do at, at stages of the CDs. So we're going to come back and do some of that, but you know, we did pretty well on our budgets and overall pretty successful. So now we're just in the phase where it's in the building department. It, it is in for plan check and they're going to do that. And we're cleaning up some of the things that we either didn't get to or fix a few mistakes. So you're in that phase of when you do your permit submission and you say, it's a, this is a 95% CD set. And you learn, you say it's a 95% with 25% to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fortunately for us, we have about 45% of the budget left to go. So if we're at 85%, awesome. we're, we're in pretty Fantastic. good shape, I think. <laughs> So now you guys can do your uh, clash detection on your auto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you tell what, what command is that, Evan? I yeah. need to know that. Control, <laughs> control, all Flatten. different program. <laughs> yeah. 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 Can, uh, yeah. Control tab. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> control tab. And it, yeah, that would go to the next one. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have that other program. We're just not using it. So it will go unnamed. Bummer. <laughs> Bummer. So how about you, Cormac? What are you doing? Tell us, Cormac. All right. So I have the project that I've been working on since uh, joining the new firm. It's the renovation of an old, uh, I believe it's math and engineering building. It's a uh, 1960s kind of Missouri red granite brutalist building is the easiest way to explain it. And it's being converted into a instrument-based chemistry lab and so phase one is the renovation of the actual building itself and we are in probably about 20 percent i think we're at 20 percent constructed where it's kind of a interesting where they're demoing it building it and abating it all at the same time it all de depends on where you're at in the building and what you're doing and Jeez. it's um it's an interestingly complicated little project um, I didn't realize how complicated until getting into it. And you had, we had 20 different consultants on this project from just your standard structural and mechanical electrical plumbing kind of guys and, and all of those other things to people who study wind plume analysis and micro vibration and all of these other things. You yeah, know, it's we just, had to do that too. It's amazing. All of these amazing. different things that, you know, go into some of these things And there. And, and you're thinking, well, why do you really need that? And, 
and then you find out really why you need it when you have things like if you have an exhaust vent on the roof of your building and it's exhausting you know it, very trace amounts of chemicals at, at best if or nothing at all but the vapors that are coming out if the wind hits it where's it going right right and is it going into somebody else's air intake right Ex- exactly you know what are the buildings around and you know yep. and all of those other things and it's and, you know there are things that you just kind of take for granted when you're doing some of these projects that oh yeah, yeah well it'll It'll go somewhere. Well, you really need to know where some of these things are going, especially since you have all of these other really sensitive research facilities around these buildings, and you, you just got to make sure that everything stays at neutral. So, did they do? Uh, did they do analog like smoke oh my wind gosh, tunnel yes. testing with the, a physical model, both, or did they do both. computer modeling? And what, what's amazing yeah. is, is um, yeah. we worked with a company out of uh, Canada who built a physical model of all of the buildings around. They built our model or they built a physical model, you know, more of a massing model, but that had all of the different, um, it had like the size of the stacks to scale, obviously, but you know, the size of the stacks, all of the intakes and, and they put monitors and stuff in each one of the intakes of all of these different scale figured models of all these different buildings around. And then they plugged in all of the prevailing winds and, and, and all of the other climactic events that could happen to this particular building because it's in St. Louis. And we even did studies about how seismic affects it. And it's kind of like old hat to you guys, but once you say, uh, <laughs> California, California folks, folks, you, know, you always yeah. uh, have buildings that shake, but, but, um, or shake, you know, there's, outside of California, what is the largest seismic zone? And that's um, just uh, east of the, and I kind of, I forget what it's called, actually, the seismic region, but it's right around St. Louis. (laughs) And, uh, and they actually have, it's in a seismic zone that is on par with, I would say, Western Los Angeles County. Hmm. So, you know, we had to deal with things like that. And so it, it's, it was not only was it a, a fun project to work on and it obviously still working on it through December of 17, but it was an educational uh, project. And, and that's actually one of the things that I'm going to take away from this particular project is the education that I got learning a new building, a mm-hmm. new building type and things that go into it. But we are also, that's phase one of what I'm doing in phase Two of the same of of the project is a pedestrian bridge that crosses out of this particular building. There's a kind of a breezeway that connects two different buildings with a third and fourth floor connection. But then there's a three story, well, actually it's technically two story breezeway that connects to a pedestrian bridge that takes you across a little a smaller highway uh, only four lane highway uh, four lane road and the metro tracks the rail tracks that they've got on into a neighborhood that thing's made out of bubble gum and toothpicks now right it's been value engineered a bit <laughs> yeah my painful jab yeah, i mean you know every every project does it and and, and to be quite honest with you some of the uh, what, what was interesting about it is the involvement of of the client you know, being there at several different parts of the value engineering process, 
on trying to really taper it down and make it efficient and make it, you know, a lot of people say, oh, they're just going to make it cheap. Well, you know, actually it, it made a couple of, it forced us to do some things creatively with the structure that actually in a way I think made it better. Sure, I'm going to probably grumble when it was happening because, you know, oh, I got to do this and I'm going to do that kind of thing. But if you can, I personally have always believed, especially doing uh, K through 12 stuff, that if you can take the very limited budget that you typically have with projects like, you know, K through 12 and really stretch the design, that's the big success of the project. Yeah. The project that you're hopefully going to talk about, uh, Clearwater Elementary School. Yeah, that is fantastic. And I know that you guys didn't have a budget on that one. But just to wrap up, you know, mine, the the pedestrian bridge and a plaza area, it basically kind of reconnects one of the major thoroughfares of pedestrian foot traffic into. In fact, it's the most trafficked area for pedestrians from the dorm area and apartments and, and off campus housing on into the um into the campus and so it's the major thoroughfare and currently the little bridge that they have there is eight feet wide from structure to you know outside of structure outside structure so really it's you've got pedestrians and bicyclists and and everybody else trying to share basically a six and a half to seven foot clear bridge and so we've taken it from that seven foot it's now eight, 18 and a half feet wide, and uh, we've set, we've separated it where we've got pedestrians and bicyclists and, and other modes of transportation other than foot, bringing them on into the campus and bringing them into the neighborhood. We just submitted for GMP, but we're... What's that? Tell people what that is. Guaranteed maximum price. It's where we put a set of uh, drawings out for bid to to lock in a price that gives us an opportunity to go ahead and finish up our documentation and also go through the process of permitting it while we also are bidding it and it's usually a a process that's um handled through a construction manager or a cm and while they're getting prices and all that other stuff that also helps inform whether or not what we are documenting is able to be and stay on budget. A lot of times we we haven't had the fortune of being able to have a complete set, except for, you know, now with the bridge, but being able to have like a complete set. We, we did the building. We uh, submitted the building for GMP at 50% CDs, which was, uh, which was a challenge to try to pack as much information as you yeah, possibly can right. for bidders into a set of 50% documents. When Neil, you just submitted for a permit set, trying to chalk full, you know, your documents with as much information as you can to get a permit. We are trying to get bids and have them lock in their prices. Yeah. And have the prices not go up with design changes as you continue to develop the drawings. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, that is a huge challenge because buildings only get more expensive. <laughs> the more you draw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's not true. But well, a, you know, I mean, pretty true. <laughs> when when they go through their natural progression from schematic design to DDs and and so on, they're lump summing it, and and so there's a yeah, there's a it, lots of lots of right. placeholders. And, and you in hope there. that you know you don't have scope creep or things have changed or things like that that kind of keep you on track. So then, when you submit for you know your construction document estimates or uh, for bids that things go way out of whack. It's like, whoa, I didn't know that, you know, you were going to have this fancy stuff in here. You know, projects get caught like that all the time, but it's always good to have those checks and balances with the estimates throughout the process. And if you're lucky enough to have like a CM and the CM actually, sometimes owners bring CMs in on a project and they're just there for kind of oversight, but they don't really get involved with estimating. And then there's others that get involved with estimating. And that's usually the ones that work out better for a project. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, that's what I'm working on is maybe we'll uh, throw a couple of uh, progress shots in. I think the thing that I'm really excited about is um, my stairs. The the stairs are going in. And they're... Um, my stairs. Listen no, to you, no, Mr. No, Silo. No, no, no. I, well, I say my <laughs> stairs, but it was, it's most certainly a group effort and most certainly not... Yeah, you're proud. I, of I think them. everybody on the team is very proud of. If I think these are going to be awesome feature stairs, though we did get our uh, nice. glass handrails value engineered out, so I we've got to figure out a, a an equally powerful set of handrail, you know, guardrails and handrails that go with this. Because what it, you know, these stairs. And I'll I'll hunt down a a photo and maybe we can include it in the um, show notes. But it's a it's got a center stringer, you know, obviously not reinventing the wheel, but it's got a center stringer, which are two back-to-back channels, and it's a plate, uh, a half-inch steel plate that folds to form the uh, treads and risers, and also the landings, and it just kind of folds up, and then eventually there's going to be these floating uh, terrazzo treads that go over the top of them and so they kind of sit back so everything feels like it's floating so so i think it's nice so maybe like wood shipping pallets would be nice handrails <laughs> for that something like, yeah, something like exactly. that exactly <laughs> ve'd down to shipping pallets or or, or or what uh Ugh. or what was explained to me in what the pricing was was oh well we just priced pickets Mm, no, no, you, no, <laughs> yeah. you did. Uh, galvanized guardrail. Yeah. No, no, you didn't. Yeah, there's a there's a project that I'm working on where it was like, don't do anything fancy. <laughs> oh, you gotta love those. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you, you're talking to a designer. Have you ever had? That's hard. In, in this total side note here, but have you ever had like a project? And I'm not gonna say if it was a client or a user or or a, a architect or whatever. Say to you. Oh, that's too nice for those uh, for um, for those guys. So you, yes. you need to ta- you need to taper yes. it back. Uh, we don't have that on our other schools. So, well, you realize that school is forty exactly. years old, right? Of course, you don't have it on that school. Like, can we can we look to the future a little bit? My quote, my quote exactly <laughs> was: "Is it's too nice for that neighborhood? You need to taper it back." Oh man! So maybe that neighborhood oh, needs that nice uh, school needs that pride yeah send them the uh the the i look up film challenge for exactly. for med camps and <laughs> that neighborhood didn't they didn't need that 
All right, so what do you architecture? Uh, so I'm in a little bit of a project lull right now, which is okay because I have tons of other stuff to to do. But I guess I could hit this a few different ways. First of all, I finished my book, so I'm done. It's available, and uh, I know we're recording this, and it's not going to be out for a few days, but I guess I'll mention it here because it'll already be live by the time this goes out, which is I'm going to be giving away some copies of it. And so check my uh, my website, and you can get into the the drawing for a free copy of the book because I'm excited to get it out there, and I would love for people to want to to win a copy so that would be cool and so if you don't know anything about it um it's are hacks and it's a it's a book about helping people getting licensed is it a signed copy yep it'll be a signed copy um unless you get the ebook i can't really sign that version but i'm giving people the choice if they want a hard copy or a a paperback or a ebook version and they can head over to arehacks.com and read about that or uh just check out our our twitter or whatever you'll you'll see it on there I was also, I was on Mark LePage's podcast. That's something I just did. And so that was the Entree Architect podcast and kind of talked about my origin story of wanting to become an architect and how I did that and then where that ultimately led me to writing that book. So that was kind of a cool story arc to kind of go through on the fly and and just tell it. Uh, And that's the first time I've ever done that. So that was pretty cool. And that, uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, but it was... uh, his podcast number 135 and uh that was really fun to do to be on a different podcast (laughs) sorry guys (laughs) cheating on us i see how it is it was it was fun to talk to mark we've had him on the show a few times so that was cool and then at the office, I, I like I said, I'm, I'm kind of in a project lull. Our, our big project, which is kind of similar to the one you're doing, Cormac, which is a, it was a math and science building, similarly uh, specced with wind studies and seismic vibration studies and all that kind of stuff, is in plan check right now. So it is at the state architect, and it's been there for months and months, and we're planning on getting it back within a month or two. Um, so we're waiting for that, and while we're waiting for that, I've been doing a few other little things, but... Most notably, I guess, is uh, we we held our first tech conference uh, about a week ago. And me and a couple other guys in the firm led that. And it was really cool to pull a bunch of kind of geeky tech people together and discuss the next 10 years of tech at our firm and and where we're headed and kind of developing a roadmap and a strategy. I think architecture, you guys could probably... Uh, commiserate with this is is a profession that is a reactive one and and a very slow to react one typically and there are definitely firms out there that don't fall under that that uh, heading but the and those are the kind of ones that i want to do a bunch of case studies on but for the most part i think firms are are pretty slow to adopt i don't i don't know if any either you guys have experience with that maybe you maybe you do neil (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no comment. Still drawn there in a in the in the two D. But what are we going to do? Revit's been around for fifteen years. Like like what's next? And and we need to be thinking about that. Or or, or how how are we going to get even better at what we already do? Or, or where are we just scratching the surface? Where are our blind spots? Where can we be be going that's going to position us for success in the future? So that was kind of a cool a cool thing. Um, to participate in and think about and talk about. So very cool. And then I guess the last thing that Cormac alluded to earlier, which is Clearwater Elementary, which just opened and we did photography. I guess I could probably put a picture of it in the show notes. It turned out wonderfully. 
And so uh, I've been working on a couple of drawings for that for some award submissions. And our clients love to win awards when they uh, when they get a new project. So we would we, we do everything we can to kind of facilitate that because, I mean, it helps us too, right? So I've been working on a, a site plan. So it's been fun to get back into Photoshop and Illustrator and drawing a, uh, a nice colored site plan that has classroom clusters and all that kind of stuff on there. And, and it, it was cool because it, it brought me back to like the, the roots of the school and, and what we were trying to accomplish when we started planning it. And it was just neat to kind of go back and relive some of those memories and see that it actually happened. I mean, that's always really rewarding as an architect to walk into your building or your team's building or your firm's building or your client's building. I mean, it's right. everybody's building, right? Um, and just say, like, holy crap, they built it. You know, I, I this was a sketch on Trace one day, and now here it is. Uh, and for my kids to go and be a part of the photo shoot as if they were kids at the school is, you know, they get to hang out at the school. And we've done that on a few projects, and it's so fun to hang out with my kids and have them be models and get paid to be in photos of a project that I designed, you know, and so – it's really cool to to experience that with them and have them experience what I do on a daily basis. It's a little bit more glamorous than what I do on a daily basis when we go do the photo shoots, but it's pretty cool to to just live that and see that and it never gets old. I mean, every time we go visit one of these projects that we've worked on, it's it's really cool. And so, obviously, I hope to continue doing that. I mean, the project that's in plan check right now is, is going to be amazing. Biggest building I've ever designed. Biggest square footage, biggest budget, biggest everything. So, and not to say bigger is better. I mean, my smaller projects that I talked about earlier with Edifice are, are um, awesome. But it's when you walk into a structure that just makes you feel minuscule is pretty crazy so i'm most looking forward to downtime right now and so (laughs) i'm going climbing this weekend that's that's my i'm gonna go out i'm gonna go up to mammoth and go climb some rocks and get out and like do the john muir thing and live in the woods for a few days so i'm excited about that i'm gonna try to get rid of a cold i guess uh, you know i've stayed (laughs) Sad, sadly, I've stayed healthy the entire summer when everybody else was hit with the flu and everything else. And here we are, last day of the summer, first day of autumn. And sure enough, I wake up with sinus headache and congestion and all that other stuff. But I actually wanted to back up real quick. And So Clearwater Elementary School, I was thumbing through some old files and stuff, trying to delete stuff off. And I found... Probably from, I don't know, maybe two years ago, might be a little less, but you had sent over a conceptual site plan and then you sent over Uh some 3D modeling and, you know, some images from that. And, you know, I kind of felt because of, you know, the relationship that we have, that we share projects and stuff when we're off the air and emailing and texting back and forth to each other every single day that... I kind of I felt almost a part of the project in a way, and, yeah. and to kind of see right. it evolve from these early conceptual sketches to actually see it built was pretty exciting when you started posting the the images because you know I was re- re- remembering back to some of the early concept sketches that you had sent over to us, and I was mm-hmm. looking at 
you know, what has changed, what stayed the same, what kind of made the cut as part of your um, the original concepts to how it evolved and stuff like that. So it was really kind of fun to see that project evolve just through the lens of, you know, kind of a, a voyeur, you know, and it was, it was, it was kind of fun. It was, it was, it, it was almost pridefully excited when you started posting pictures. I'm like, Hey, it's done. Awesome. Look at it. It's crazy, right? Yeah. And it's, it's not a fast process, but it seems fast when you think about it like that, because it's like, Oh my gosh, yeah. it's almost done. Right. And I was just sketching this the other day, three years <laughs> yeah, ago. Your other day right? was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. I mean, it's, it's definitely something that you, I don't know. I like to think of it like I'm growing yeah. up with it. Oh, yeah. it it's one yeah. of those things where it's like it, it's like I've kept this bin of keepsakes and their sketches and pictures. And I always thought it would be cool to do like a Tumblr of the life yeah. of a project and just post stuff once a week, twice a week, something like that, and just make it a thing and actually document all the goods and the bads and the decisions and the VE this and the change in your mind that. And just to show at the end, like you have this digital like file cabinet full of stuff that shows the process of architecture because it's really messy right it's not just the final pretty picture it's right. all the other stuff right. along the way i mean really to me it is about the process and all those decisions and what can we learn from that and how are we going to do it different next time and what worked and what didn't and why didn't it work and there's so many things like that that happen during the life of a project that get lost because we're, we, we don't keep that digital filing cabinet as, as well as we should, you know, stuff is just spread out all over the place and stuff gets thrown away and some of it you never see again. And, and, and you tend to do just look at the final product more than anything else. Um, so I think it, it, like you said, you were going back looking through and you felt like, Oh man, like that's cool to go back and kind of relive that timeline. And I, it would be cool if we had more of a mechanism to do that, which is like, that's why I do these family slideshows, right? Because in 10 years, I'm going to have 10 of them and we're going to sit down and watch all of them. And we're going to watch the kids grow up in front of our eyes. It's the same thing with our projects. I mean, these are our kids and, and it would be fun to watch them grow up and get built by hands, right? It's sticks and, and plaster and, and roofing material and, and concrete and glass getting put in one piece at a time. And then there's a building that people live in for the next 50 years. It's it's crazy to think about, but uh, it's really a, a neat thing that we get to be a part yeah. of every day. One little piece at a time. Hey, so uh, real quick, uh, a little geeky thing. So obviously just got a delivery of fancy new little tech gadget called the iPhone 7 Plus. And it's got iOS 10. And I, I know you guys have hopefully downloaded and given iOS 10 a run. But much like the Photos app on a Mac, now iOS 10 has like face recognition, and it can cluster all of your pictures together. It has like people yeah, recognition. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's awesome. It has like car recognition, people and things. Yeah, it's, it, I mean it's amazing. And so it, it pulled together pictures of each of my kids, and so I put them in little folders, you know, of all the all three of my kids and so I, I wanted to just show my wife the cool thing that this uh the the ios 10 does and so i threw it up on my apple tv and you know we're, we're 
kind of watching the slideshow. And it starts off with a slideshow, and it's got a nice little opening title. And it starts playing it to music. And then it also has, like, pulled together videos of... And, and so it'll go through like this little slideshow yeah. with music of, of all of the of the kids and and then it'll play a couple of videos that it pulled in and all of this other stuff and i look over and my wife of course is crying as she does oh see it just made my whole end of the year slideshow thing even easier <laughs> i was gonna that's what i was getting at is is like you know what it just might make your life a little easier because I, I i mean i've seen one of them and i and i think they're just absolutely amazing <laughs> um what you do and I, and and you know i'm sitting down in my basement right now with stacks and stacks of my father's old slideshows and he's got each carousel of slides was set up for different events or different years or different vacations and things like that and you're doing essentially the you're creating a carousel of memories of that year um and and i think that's just absolutely awesome i mean i wish that i had that um i think i do now with ios 10 and face recognition (laughs) (laughs) yeah hey if technology makes it easier i'm all for it that's for sure because uh, it's worth it, like you said. Like, it, yeah. yeah, making memories is important. All right, so before we close out, I wanted to do a new thing, and I hope you guys want to play along here. It's recommendations by the Arcuspeak podcast hosts. And so just to f- kind of finish out the episode, each one of us could go through and give a quick recommendation on something for someone to check out with no limits on what it could be. It could be anything, hardware, software, clothing gadget i don't care whatever it is sure so uh any any takers anybody want to want to jump in i will uh i'll start off and though there's something that i really want to recommend i'm going to leave that for neil because i know what he's going to recommend so i'm going to recommend what we talked about earlier (laughs) in the show and that's for everybody to go check out the video arc 335 rebuilding med camps a r c h 335 rebuilding med camps and just uh vote please support them please support the i look up film challenge in general because i think it's an amazing thing that the ai is actually doing because it's getting out there and giving you some connection to the other things that are happening in the profession i particularly just want to give a shout out to my friend robert brooks and everybody at louisiana tech and vote view vote vote and view nice all right, I'll go next. My my quick recommendation is iOS 10. I mean, Cormac already talked a little bit about it, but it is it's great. It's it's fun. I mean, the messages app we've had a little fun with that, right? We've we've gone a little crazy with the um, the gesture messaging and and the confetti and yelling and shouting and whispering and all that other stuff. I mean, and invisible ink and stickers and yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's just been like super fun and and it's fun to to see what other people are doing with it. So definitely worth we're looking at i've been weirdly giving a lot of tutorials in the office to people on oh what what's what's new on ios 10 i'm like well let me show you and and just like simple little things they're like oh wait it didn't do that before i'm like well do it with your phone you know because they have the they haven't up upgraded yet and they're like oh no no i like what your your phone does better and so you know we walk through and and I show them, uh, basically, I'm like, all right, now go download the damn thing. Notifications are way better. Yeah. Uh, the, all the integrations with maps are awesome. I mean, now it does the rerouting, and it, it like, 
gives you the suggestions based on where you normally drive during the day. And if you're looking at something with a with an address and then you go over to Maps, it, it has already pulled that address in and you didn't even tell it to. Like there's really cool stuff in there. So I'm just really happy with it. It's amazing. What was one of the greatest things, especially with Maps, is... So, uh, you know, obviously, if if you haven't heard of Waze, you know, you should go check out Waze. It's a it's a nice app, that traffic app. And a lot of the things that Waze has done, the new Apple Maps has done. And, um, you know, it'll give you like an ETA of, you know, when you're going to get to your destination. And I'll even get notifications that will pop up and say, you know, you need to leave in 35 minutes to make it to your uh, your scheduled destination. And you're like, whoa, wait, that's cool. Thank you. Thank you, Surrey. That's awesome of you. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then just like more integrated 3D touch things for the phones that have 3D touch. And, you know, more and more apps are actually using them. Um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of things with the, the new iOS 10 that may not seem like that much on the surface. I mean, there are some cool little graphically cleaned up things, but there's a lot of stuff under the hood that really makes iOS 10 just hum. Yeah. So that's my recommendation. And I will remind people of what I talked about earlier. Uh, check out the little prints. Yes. It is a Netflix original, so it's only on Netflix, yes. but I think it, but it's worth watching. And Neil. Wrap us up with what I know you're going to do. Well, you already took my iOS 10, so no, I, I wasn't going to talk. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> well, you, you you guys did a great job of selling Apple there for me. You know, Usually it's me thumping that <laughs> uh, that drum, but uh, not, not tonight. So no, actually what I'm going to recommend, in, and I'm going to tell a little short story to get to it, but a coworker of mine came up and was, discussing some uh some things and uh it was a, a a person i had not met in my office i'm still pretty new there and uh i asked him if he was licensed and he said no i've got you know a couple of two or three kids i think maybe four i don't know i forget now and but he's like i'm having trouble you know finding time and doing this and i and i thought oh you know, I have the perfect book I can recommend to you. And that's what you talked about earlier, Mr. Troxel. And that's ARE Hacks to l- learn how to pass the architecture registration exam. And But what was what was great about it was I wasn't trying to pass off a book that my co-host does, but and, and a, a book that is going to teach him the nuts and bolts of how to pass the test. It's like, that's not the point of this book. The point of this book is exactly what my coworker was explaining to me was how do I mm-hmm. find the time to do this? And I was yeah. like, I cannot believe, cause I wouldn't have known what to have told him before. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, this awesome. is great. I, this is fantastic. I could totally, and I send him the link and he's, you know, thanked me and everything. So you may get a book sale out of that uh, there. Nice. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe there's a finder's fee in there for me. Well, let him know about the uh, let him know about the giveaway. Maybe. Yes, yes. I should probably I should, <laughs> if he hasn't bought it yet. I think he. I, I hope he's already. Has. Even if he has, he can get a he can get another copy the personally signed. Even better. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, yeah. there's our recommendation. So, before we go, let's thank Arcat. Make sure you check them out at arcat.com and let them know we sent you. I, I think that's really important for them and really important for us, too, so that they keep coming back and sponsoring our cat so we can keep doing these episodes. And how many episodes? 99. 
And you can see all of them and listen to all of them over at arcaspeakpodcast.com. And there you can also sign up for our newsletter. We won't send you anything, but just links to each of the episodes and all of the show notes that go along with them. And also too, let us know. We've talked about a lot of different things tonight. Please leave us comments on our website or on the Facebook page or even on our Twitter accounts. We do a lot of interaction through there in between episodes, and we'd love to hear from you. Links for all of those can be found by visiting the site at arcaspeakpodcast.com. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Good night. See you next time. See you next time. Or see you later. Peace out. Or peace out. Or Trick it down. I'm out. Mic drop. <laughs> you can figure out which one you want to use, Neil. <laughs> you got lots of work with it. It's a slow road, but you have to walk it. You can start now, or you can hang your head in despair. The only road will take you there. They may tell you that you'll never recover, baby. I'm Cross that face